Summer Part Three from the Flowers of Shakespeare. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Sarah Michelle from Michigan, 2019. The Flowers of Shakespeare by Esther Singleton, Crown Imperial and Fleur de Lis. The Crown Imperial. Fritillaria imperilis is mentioned by Perdita. A native of Persia, Afghanistan, and Kashmir, it was taken to Constantinople and thence to Vienna in 1576. Finally it came to England with other luxuries of the Renaissance. Gerard had it in his garden and describes it as follows. Out of a tuft of narrow leaves the stem rises and terminates in a second tuft, immediately below which is a ring of large tulip-like flowers, pendulous and golden yellow. Looking into the bells at the base of every petal is a white and concave nectary from which hangs a drop of honey that shines like a pearl. In the bottom of each of the bells there is placed six drops of most clear shining water, in taste like sugar, resembling in show fair orient pearls, the which drops, if you take away, there do immediately appear the like." notwithstanding if they may be suffered to stand still in the flower according to his own nature they will never fall away no not if you strike the plant until it be broken the crown imperial was perhaps of all choice outlandish flowers the choicest parkinson gives it the first place in the garden of delight opening his great book paradisus terrestris with an account of it the crown imperial he writes for his stately beautifulness deserveth the first place in this our garden of delight the stalk riseth up three or four foot high being great round and of a purplish colour at the bottom but green above beset from thence to the middle thereof with many long and broad green leaves of our ordinary white lily but somewhat shorter and narrower confusedly without order and from the middle is bare or naked without leaves for a certain space upwards and then beareth four, six, or ten flowers, more or less, according to the age of the plant and the fertility of the soil where it groweth. The buds at the first appearing are whitish, standing upright among a bush, or tuft, of green leaves, smaller than those below, and standing above the flowers. After a while they turn themselves and hang downward, every one upon his own footstalk, round about the great stem or stalk, sometimes of an even depth, and other while one lower or higher than another, which flowers are near the form of an ordinary lily, yet somewhat lesser and closer, consisting of six leaves of an orange color striped with purplish lines and veins, which add a great grace to the flowers. At the bottom of the flower, next unto the stalk, Every leaf thereof hath on the outside a certain bunch, or eminence, of a dark purplish colour, and on the inside there lieth in those hollow bunched places certain clear drops of water like unto pearls, of a very sweet taste, almost like sugar. In the midst of each flower is a long white style, or pointel, forked, or divided, at the end, and six white chives, tipped with yellowish pendants, standing close above it. After the flowers are passed, appear six square seed-vessels, standing upright, winged as it were, or weltered on the edges, yet seeming but three square, because each couple of those welted edges are joined closer together, 
wherewith are contained broad flat and thin seeds of a pale brownish colour like unto other lilies but much greater and thicker also this plant was first brought from constantinople into these christian countries and by relation of some that sent it groweth naturally in persia it floweth most commonly in the end of march if the weather be mild and springeth not out of the ground until the end of february or beginning of march so quick it is in the springing the head with seeds are ripe in the end of may it is of some called lilium petricum or persian lily but because we have another which is more usually called by that name i had rather with adolphus pantheus the duke of florence his physician who first sent the figure thereof unto mr john de brancian call it corona imperialis the crown imperial there is a legend that the crown imperial grew in the garden of gethsemane where it was often admired by jesus christ at that time according to the story the flowers were white and erect on the stalk during the night of the agony when our lord passed through the garden this flower was the only one that did not bow its head later the proud flower bent its head and tears of sorrow filled its cup ever since that time the plant has continued to bow in sorrow and its tears flow for ever dr forbes watson loves the flower with its bold decided lines his description is all too short the tall stem he says rises like a mast through the lower leaves is thence for a short space bare till it is topped by the crowning sheaf of leaf swords out of which droop so gracefully the large yellow wax-like bells here every line seems to pierce like an arrow the composition is so clear and masterly the crown imperial appears in the celebrated book called guillaume de julie which the duc de montessieu gave on new year's day sixteen thirty four to his bride julie de rambouillet it was a magnificent album every sheaf bore a beautifully painted flower and a verse descriptive of it or in praise of it contributed by different artists and poets chapelain chose the crown imperial for his theme pretending that it sprang from the blood of gustavus adolphus of sweden who not being able to offer his hand to julie came to her in the guise of this flower flower de luce iris pseudocorus pertita's mention of lilies of all kinds the flower de luce being one shows that shakespeare classed this flower among the lilies so did the botanists of his time symbol of eloquence and power the egyptians placed the purple iris upon the brow of the sphinx the sceptre of their monarchs was adorned with this flower its three petals representing faith wisdom and valor the kings of babylon and assyria also bore it on their sceptres the greeks laid the iris on the tombs of women because they believed that iris guided dead women to the elysian fields although the iris was also dedicated to juno it is more particularly the flower of iris lovely iris one of the beautiful oceanides daughter of ocean and messenger of the gods who whenever she wished to descend upon the earth threw her rainbow scarf across the sky and with all its prismatic colors glistening in her perfumed wings descended from heaven to earth upon the graceful bow that joins the seen and the unseen worlds the purple yellow orange and blue tints of the rainbow live again in the petals and drooping lips called falls what a flower of charm mystery and majesty sphinx of the flower world 
The iris was extremely popular in Shakespeare's day. Parkinson gives a great many flower de luces, or iris, in his monumental work. We find the purple, the blue, the purple-striped, the peach-colored, the white, the white-striped, the party-colored, the milk-white, the silver-color, the white with yellow falls, the straw-color, the Spanish-yellow, the purple and yellow, the purple or murray, the great turkey, the common purple, the great Dalmatian, the yellow of Tripoli, the double blue, the double purple, the purple dwarf, and many others which prove how popular this flower was in Tudor and Stuart gardens, and what splendid specimens were known to the people of Shakespearean times. Parkinson also adds, The dried root called orris is of much use to make sweet powders and other things to perfume apparel or linen. The fleur de lis early became the symbol of France. At the proclamation of a new king, the Franks always placed a living flower, or flag, as it was called, in his hand as the symbol of power. Because his wife, St. Clotilde, had a vision of the iris, Clovis erased the three frogs on his shield and substituted the iris. In consequence also of a dream, Louis VII took the iris for his device in 1137, from which it became known as the fleur de Louis, later contracted into fleur de lis. When Edward III claimed the crown of France in 1340, he quartered the old French shield bearing the fleur de lis with his English lion. The iris, or flower de luce, as the English wrote it, did not disappear from the English coat of arms until 1801. Shakespeare speaks of the fleur de lis in the messenger speech in King Henry VI. Awake, awake, English nobility! Let not sloth dim your honors new-begot! Cropped are the fleur de luces on your arms! Of England's coat one half is cut away. And again in the same play, La Pucelle. I am prepared. Here is my keen-edged sword, decked with fine flower-de-luces on each side. In the Merry Wives of Windsor there is a humorous play upon words regarding the heraldic use of the flower-de-luce. End of Crown Imperial and Flower-de-Luce Recording by Sarah Michelle from Michigan, 2019